Out Minute, the group movie minute podcast where we break down the 2019 Who Done It Knives Out. We're going to break it down one minute of screen time at a time. I'm yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, I'm imploring you, call me Sully. On today's episode, we're breaking down minute 65, which begins with Ransom revealing that he is indeed out of the will and ends with Marta joining Benoit Blanc outside after the family meeting got scatological well <laughs> someone who's meeting me outside to avoid the scatological is our guest for this long week of family reunions podcaster creative coach i believe is your title and friend of the movie minute podcast world it's heidi bennett welcome back heidi Hey, thanks for having me back and eat shit. That, that is probably the most repeated line uh, in this minute. Uh, and But it begins really with uh, Ransom saying, yeah, he was cut out of the will. This is actually, we, we mentioned this in the last minute, so we're not going to rehash the fact that he, that he's the only honest one there, but he, he brings out, yep. And... Yep. The, and <laughs> He gives a <laughs> emphasizing the yep, and then Michael Shannon <laughs> doubles that right back as if to say, "Yeah, I'm right. I'm 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 100 right." And the <laughs> the phony solemnness of of Richard and Linda, the whole oh, he had the strength to do what we couldn't have done and. like these two have so checked out on being parents they are nominally parents at this point and and um jimmy lee curtis saying you know this is the best thing that could happen to you (laughs) which is like all the and again we're gonna there'll be a few spoilers in on our friday episode here uh all of this self-righteousness of everyone in this room is built on the foundation of we're getting this money but you're not even uh michael shannon's middle finger is you don't get the money that we have and Joni coming in and saying nothing easy you know nothing you know nothing good comes out of something you whatever her 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 self-righteous thing that she said and (laughs) all of this requires that they still have harlan's money (laughs) right (laughs) all of their holier than thou we've won you've lost we're gonna cut you out of our life is under the assumption that the will in the other room that yoda is gonna read to them (laughs) will say Everyone but you gets the money because the whole idea of the victory is, yeah, I got cut out of the will. 
And so therefore he's lost. It hasn't occurred to anybody in this room that they may be cut out too. Right. They're so, so unaware, even though we got many scenes where Harlan really is giving them, you know, giving them the scoop, you know, let's talk about it tomorrow, but you're not going to be running my, you know, thing anymore. And okay, this is your last check. I mean, the writing's on the wall (laughs) for everybody. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's a great point that, I'm sorry, I just knocked my own microphone. That's how great a point it was that I knocked my own microphone. Is that every one of them is acting like we're worthy of this money, even though they've all had confrontations with Harlan about how their role in the family is on shaky ground at best. Richard knows that that uh, he was about to be thrown out of the family because of the extramarital affair. You know, Michael Shannon's character knows that he's about to be fired from the only job he has because he doesn't really do anything. And that Joni, the Tony Collette's character, knows that she's been caught embezzling (laughs) and that she's about to be cut off. And and her whole panic was about, oh, my God, you know, you caught me red handed stealing money from you. And they these are the people who are acting like you know you're going to improve and be up to our level and it's it's such a funny when he starts saying and he says this anyone trying to throw an explicit rating on us this is a line from the film he says eat shit to everybody um and he calls out but it's it's interesting that you know he says up your ass to Joni and everyone harps on him saying up your ass and eat shit but what he says that no one contradicts him on is he calls out Joni, Tony Collette, for basically sucking on the money teat of the family. No one says he's wrong about that. They just harp on the words that he says. Right. Um, and I love, who is it said, like, don't say this in front of my child? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure all of these children have been exposed to much much gnarlier language than this. Um, uh, I, I, you may have noted this too, but there's a uh, one of the the trivia's like the IMDb trivia that I've seen from the film that this was originally going to be an fu. He was going to say fu, fu, fu to everybody, um, but Ryan Johnson decided that that would be that would get him an automatic R rating to have all the f bombs. So he changed it to eat shit. Um, because the, he wanted it to be able to be a PG-13 movie. Right. And can I just say, this is, I'm, this is, I'm going to go a little way from Knives Out, okay? Um, why is each shit better than F you? <laughs> <laughs> can someone explain that to me? <laughs> We're trying to make this family friendly. Have them say each shit. I know. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, it's like, you know, <laughs> nudity and violence and, you know, women being treated horribly is okay, but Hor, you know, and horrendous violence is okay, but somehow nudity is a pro. You know, I mean, yeah. we could go on and on and on for I, sure. I, I mean, and again, I mean, 
you can get into what you would rather have your your kids would you rather see two people making love or would you rather see two people shooting guns at each other but what context is the person you know I, that, that's a society thing which we cannot solve in discussing knives out you know Donald Duck's not dropping F-bombs, although how do we know? He's, he's, I mean, he very well could be. But, like, okay, it's not like you're saying we're not going to have any profanity. And I think that what he's saying is worse because <laughs> we're all desensitized to F you. Right. But to say, eat shit. <laughs> there was... um. I think it was on the South Park movie where they had the, the song that the Canadians sang, um, which was shut your effing face in the film. It became shut your effing. I'm going to drop, just say F instead of this. So mm-hmm. it doesn't get explicit, more explicit, but the original lyric was shut your effing face, mother effer. And they asked, can you change it from mother effer? Because that that's, that is an automatic tripwire word. And the folks from South Park said, what if we change it to Uncle Effer? And they said, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) And Uncle Effer, to me, is so much worse because Mother Effer, you're desensitized to that. Uncle Effer is like, oh, that's new. Wait, what are you saying? What are you actually saying? And it's like, what? That's better? So there you go. But but it makes the scene funnier because if you start saying F you, F you, F you, it's like, okay, fine. But <laughs> just saying eat shit to them. Yes. And and it's like he's serving them a a pointed finger of that. You know, yeah. like he's giving them each a sandwich, a shit sandwich, if you will. <laughs> it always goes back to Spinal Tap with you. It always goes back to Spinal Tap. I can't help myself. Uh... Uh, but to you, it, it is interesting that that particular expression is more relevant to this scene because what does he have to do in this scene is he's eating shit. He's, they're forcing him. They're, they're, he is uh sitting there being judged and he's the one that yeah uh he's the only one who does publicly do that and so he's basically telling everyone else to do what he's been doing and so in the end in an odd way it becomes for lack of a better word uh, a more appropriate profane thing to yell at them agreed and i highly recommend people pausing during this minute and enjoying Jamie Lee Curtis's <laughs> expression on her face when he when he points towards her and um, <laughs> Don Johnson because she's so great at her reaction and 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 you may have enjoyed this I have watched a couple of times now the on on YouTube Vanity Fair has uh, these uh, little profiles called uh, breaks down a scene. And Mm -hmm. so director Ryan Johnson breaks down a scene from knives out vanity fair, just look Mm -hmm. it up and he breaks down this scene. And so it's great. You get to hear right from him about some of these things we've been discussing and, and he goes into, into great detail about this, you know, specific minute. So it's really fun. And, and it's a even 
deeper dive, if you can imagine, than what we've gone on. And also, when we talked about Michael Shannon and his comedic ability, evidently, one of the funniest lines in the movie of an Oscar-nominated screenplay was improvised by Michael Shannon, which was, I am not going to eat one iota of shit. (laughs) I love it. That is a spinal tap delivery i think it really i gotta say and i love it it's so great it's so specific it's so ridiculous (laughs) now obviously this family reunion has gone off the rails and benoit who is still handling the baseball which i love that touch because in some ways the baseball and the portrait have become the lack of better words the proxy of harlan as if to say that still, this is the reason why we're here. And then he walks off and uh, Marta joins him on the, that porch or that sort of that, that uh, stone patio. And of course that's the house where they're shooting the interiors. There is uh, the, the mansion I mentioned earlier in Easton, Massachusetts. And then the, the house, the exterior is a, a different in a different location. And, it's so funny. I mean, I've read more than one thing that if you see the layout of the house where they shot the interiors, it doesn't at all match the house from the exterior. But little things like this, like cutting from him walking out and him cutting it, uh, cutting to him standing up there, it you would never know that. It just feels we're in the same environment. It's the same. It, it it's it's just a visceral experience that you're like yeah this is all one word world and i don't want to break down where the rooms are in the exterior as opposed to the interior because it just feels uh, it just it just feels so real yeah it's great so much fun so much fun oh look we've had a great time and some of these episodes have gone a little long, but do you know what? There's a reason they went long. There's a lot to talk about on these minutes, and they're really great. And um, you know, we'll, we'll talk. There's some some spoilers that we we can talk about here on the Friday episode. But you know, in some ways, I I love this film. Obviously, in some ways, I wish it wasn't Ransom who did it. You know, because part of me would love because he's the only honest one. You kind of wished it was one of the other ones who showed they were, how full of it they were. But, you know, in in another way, Ransom, you know, doing what he did and, and spoiler everyone, you know, switching <laughs> the vials and everything like that. He also did what everyone else should have been happy that he, if he could have pulled it off, would have been the best thing for everybody. Because, you know, think about, you know, think about how everyone's lives were about to be ruined if the if Harlan had lived. And I'm sure the idea of pulling the supposed trigger on them came to everyone's mind. Harlan and Ransom's the only one to actually go ahead and do it. So in so many ways, even in the bad qualities, you know, even for the 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 nefarious qualities ransom was the most honest yeah and as far as the spoiler going of it's ransom that did it it's 
I enjoy the idea of going back through and sort of seeing where all the clues were laid out and, and, and were dropped here and there, but I almost, it's almost inconsequential to me. It's just, yeah. then I get to just go on the ride and doesn't really matter to me who, who was the killer, just like a, a great place to spend a couple of hours with some awesome folks giving fun performances and, and um, yeah, and then you can just spend time enjoying all the other stuff, all the different things that make this such a just a great, long-lasting, entertaining outing. I mentioned this in one of the previous episodes I had done before you. I don't mean to break your heart, but I did some episodes without you. <gasps> I know, I know, spoiler alert. But uh, I mentioned before that sometimes the fun of a whodunit isn't, figuring out who done isn't the reveal of who done it it's the the joy of what you're going on the ride and sometimes the the final solution of a mystery isn't what you necessarily remember like for example um the fugitive which is a film i absolutely love you know the from the 1993 with harrison ford and tommy lee jones Mm -hmm. uh do you remember uh, who was behind it and what the uh, the motive for killing uh, Dr. Richard Kimball's wife was? No, not me, at all. Me neither. And I saw the movie five times because it, in the end, it, I don't care. <laughs> in some odd way, I'm just watching the, the chase and the journey and the actual reason for what was happening is not as important to me. And in some ways who did what and why they wanted to do this with Harlan, it's not as important as seeing this awful family fight. <laughs> yeah, so, totally. totally. Well, hey, hey, look at Heidi Bennett. This has been a really fun week of shows that we've done together. I hope the listeners have enjoyed and have as much fun as I've had doing these shows with you. Uh, where can people find your stuff? So you can find my podcast, my current podcast at vibrantvisionaries.com. And I've got just as a reminder, or if people are just popping in for some reason, just to listen to this one (laughs) single minute, (laughs) I have um, conversations with creative professionals, filmmakers, comedians, artists, writers. We discuss creative process, their latest projects. We always try to sneak in like a little, um, a little takeaway, you know, something that can help other people on their creative journey, because that's what I do for a living as a certified coach for creative professionals and creative consultant and podcast producer. So I'm a multi-creative person and I love talking with multi-creative, like polymath weirdo people who are doing all sorts of wild and crazy things. I've got Martin Whist, who was the production designer for many things, including The Cabin in the Woods, The Bad Times at the El Royale. I've got an awesome conversation with him and um, yeah, all sorts of other people. But that's just a little teaser of the kind of folks I have on. And that's at VibrantVisionaries.com. Well, that's fantastic. And hey, look, at you can follow me at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. You can follow this podcast at Knives Out Minute on Twitter. And I will be doing another week of shows somewhere down the line, and we'll figure out who my guest is going to be. Don't you worry. But this has been the end of this week, and someone else will be picking up the baton for the next week of episode.